0: let's get on with the show. All right.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Jen Amos. And today I have with me the managing member of the Torrance Group, as well as professor of entrepreneurship in Syracuse University, John Torrance. His website is thetorrancegroup.com.
2: John, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jen. Really nice to be here with you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm especially excited because I didn't know this. I'm going to share some stats for our listeners. Apparently, 62% of entrepreneurs had traits consistent with ADHD, where the general population only has 13%. So really, to our listeners, our topic today is talking about the link between ADHD and entrepreneurship. And, uh, you know, John, this is your academic area of interest. So any opening remarks?
2: Yeah, so the, the stats you mentioned, that was right from some research we worked on. We we sampled a group of highly successful entrepreneurs mm-hmm. with a hunch that there was probably quite a bit of ADHD among this group, but we were actually really surprised to see how much there was concerning the general population, is like you said, about 13%. So it's something that's really near and dear to me. I was diagnosed as an adult mm-hmm. uh, when I was growing a company and scaling it and all the things that I was doing really well, where my ADHD was able to kind of tap into you know, successful activities and help me grow. At some point, they started to get in my way. And I really mm-hmm. was wondering what's going on here. Um, so that's, that's how I started my own journey with ADHD. And then, of course, it became an academic interest and then a professional interest as well.
1: Yeah, I love how this was a a personal situation of yours where you just kind of became a student of yourself, and uh, you know, being able to go to school, really being able to to study this, and now being able to give back to young entrepreneurs with ADHD to be able to thrive uh, and scale their business while managing their ADHD. Um, so, I mean, I just want to start by saying kudos to you, sir, <laughs> for being able being being able to be a student of yourself, and you know, in learning what you learned to be able to apply that and help other entrepreneurs today. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So um I'm just curious to know and and I'm sure that you can't really necessarily diagnose someone just by talking to them. But you know, what are some key factors you look for um you know, at least in the study to know if someone had ADHD or to identify it?
2: Yeah, so we were we were really looking at traits more than we were a diagnosis, right? Mm. So to to get a diagnosis, yeah, you have to go to a qualified healthcare provider, right? So mm-hmm. I'm I'm not, even though I've studied this, I'm not a, I'm not a psychologist or psychiatrist or a medical doctor, mm-hmm. so I couldn't diagnose it. Um, and to get diagnosed, you have to have you know six or more traits from a list of, I think it's 10 or so, and they mm-hmm. have to negatively impact your life and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. So we are looking at traits. So we use the ADHD self-reporting scale, mm-hmm. which is a standardized survey that the World Health Organization uses and other organizations use to help people just kind of self-identify. Mm -hmm. So what we were doing was we we said, hey, look, here here are the traits that are consistent with an ADHD diagnosis using a standardized measurement. And we had people fill that out. And then we took that and compared it to their entrepreneurial success. Mm -hmm. And so that's how we got to, it. we were really looking at the traits, not necessarily who has a diagnosis or who doesn't.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I know that in also in your studies, you were identifying some of the advantages of having ADHD traits. Can you let us know what some of those traits are uh, for some people who may have it? And be like, yes, like this is why I'm an entrepreneur.
2: <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, it's really interesting. So, one thing to note is that there's just two expressions of ADHD. One is inattentive type, and mm-hmm. one is hyperactive and impulsive. Mm-hmm. And it's the hyperactive, impulsive traits that tend to correlate more highly with entrepreneurial success. The inattentive traits, they, they don't as much, although there's still more research to be done on that. But for example, where where it helps, or even where it harms, because it's always a double-edged sword, right? It's mm. kind of a yin and yang. Yeah. So if you think of the traits, right, the first one is this high propensity for risk. Mm. And people with hyperactive impulsive ADHD have a very high propensity for risk. Part of it, is that they they just don't perceive the risks mm. the same way other people do because we tend to be very optimistic and we see the upside where other people might be like, well, this is kind of risky. Did you think about this and think about that? And we'd say, well, no, of course not because we're too excited about it, right? <laughs> but if you have a high propensity for risk, when it's functional and when it's working for you, it looks like you're brave and mm. visionary, right? When it's not working for you and it's dysfunctional, it makes you look reckless and that sort of thing, right? And mm-hmm. both... And, you know, they, they both exist, right? And it's just that balancing act of trying to be brave and visionary and effective without being reckless, right? Mm-hmm. Another thing we see is this high sense of urgency, right? Mm. Entrepreneurs with ADHD or anybody with ADHD who has high urgency, they're they're always moving, right? So when it's working for you, it makes you, you're very productive. You can get a lot done in the course of the day where other people are maybe just getting started. Yeah. When it's dysfunctional, on the other hand, you look overly impatient and you drive people around you nuts, right? So think of the founder, CEO, entrepreneur who you know just can't help him or herself and has to fire off an email to maybe somebody, you know, one of their top people in the organization, six o'clock on a Friday evening. The entrepreneur doesn't necessarily expect to get a response right away, but because they were you had this high sense of urgency, I've got it in my head now, I've got to get it out. Now the employee gets this. Mm. And they're freaked out because their boss, the founder CEO, just sent them something six o'clock on a Friday, and now they got to deal with it, right? Right. So it's those subtle ways that you could really, you know, have an impact on your organization without even knowing. It.
1: Yeah. I appreciate that uh double-edged sword. Um, I feel like you're describing my husband who uh is very, very has a high propensity for risk, as you have mentioned. Um, very, very optimistic, very optimistic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then of course, really just that sense of urgency, like, oh, we should have had this done yesterday. And I'm just like, what, you know, like that was not my, my, on my agenda. So it's interesting to, um, you know, not only kind of like see that in my husband, but even just some of the traits you mentioned, like, I think about myself and most of my entrepreneurial journey for the last decade. And I think I could definitely identify with some of these traits. And so, you know, in a way it's, it's kind of reassuring that if, you know, obviously we're not getting diagnosed here, but it is reassuring to know that if you have these traits, um, yes, it could be a double-edged sword, but there there are really, we can look at the bright side of it at least. This is me, if mm-hmm. I had ADHD looking at the bright side, you know, and and knowing that you could actually use these traits to your advantage.
2: Yeah. And there's different points in an entrepreneur's life cycle where they become more helpful or more harmful, right? So if you mm-hmm. look at the early stages, mm-hmm. um, entrepreneurs with ADHD tend to do really well there because they, they don't they don't have a problem with initiation or coming mm-hmm. up with ideas, right? If, if you're like this, you have ideas all the time. Yeah. And, you, know, you get started a lot. The problem is sometimes following through and finishing, but you, right. know, you tend to initiate really well, right? Mm-hmm. So that hyperactive and impulsive nature early on in the life cycle tends to be really helpful because you get started. And as you know, ideas are really worthless unless you take action on them and execute. And that's something that we do reasonably well. Yeah. Yeah. Now, on the other hand, when you're moving away from this resource acquisition stage where you know, you're hustling for um, you know, maybe co-founders or investment capital or customers and channel relationships and moving into um, more orchestrated coordination of these resources, then it becomes a little trickier for people with ADHD, right? Mm-hmm. Because now you need processes, you need procedures, you need plans that you actually have to follow. <laughs> so in my case, you know, I would have employees telling me, Hey, you know, we're never going to be able to scale doing things this way. We need, we need a process or something. Mm. And I say, absolutely, you're right. Let's do it. And we spend all this time coming up with these processes and procedures. And then, you know, guess who was the first one who completely threw them away and violated them. Right. <laughs> it was much more expedient to do it just, you know, to improvise. Right. So right. later on in the entrepreneurial life cycle, you know, we have to kind of, we have to deal with this yin and yang of, you know, improvising versus coordinating our efforts and that that's sometimes where we fall apart if we have ADHD in that life cycle.
1: Yeah. 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 You know, and and the beauty of being in business is that, uh, you know, if you work in teams, you can focus on your strengths. And so, you know, for if anything, it sounds like someone with ADHD traits really operates well as a visionary. You know, they create the ideas, they create the inspiration, the hype, and it's really the team that helps create the system. Um, maybe, the, maybe the entrepreneur with the ADHD traits maybe not adhere to the system, but, you know, we can keep them focused on continuing to expand the business, continuing to grow it. And so, you know, I think, like you said, said, I think it depends on like, like the strengths, um, can work really well, depending on their position in the business, whether it's the very beginning of the growing phases or maybe expanding it. Right. And just being able, being able to have that team in the middle to be able to, you know, create sus- something sustainable and systematic, um, so that, you know, they can have, you know, the person with ADHD traits to continue to, you know, think ahead.
2: Yeah, no, that's a great way to say it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's just me being optimistic.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, and, you know, so, so you mentioned team earlier, and and, and we know that uh, diversity on a team is really important, right, mm-hmm. especially a founding mm-hmm. team. Yeah. Interestingly enough, what, what, the, what the research shows is that t- founding teams that have one member with ADHD tend to do really well and outperform. But once you add another member with ADHD, then the wheels start to fall off the bus and there's some problems. Mm. So it's, it's being able to negotiate and navigate when you, have, when you have a diverse team and two of them happen to have ADHD, that, that can be problematic, right? Because now you've got two people who, who like to be up here and doing certain things, and there's not as many people to execute and plan and put processes in place. So that's, that's just an interesting thing we found.
1: Yeah, so two minds are not always better than one. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, they are, but, but not when they're wired the exact same way. So it's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, it's important. And like it, with the people I work with, one of the first things we do is we kind of do an inventory of who they have on their team and just see if there's a solid number two or somebody who mm. could be a COO, somebody to be that governor or regulator. And you'll be able to throw a flag when necessary and say, hey, look, you're getting into the, the danger zone here with your traits. Let's focus on what's good about them and make them shine. Um, so those types of things are really valuable.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Well, John, I want to talk about, uh, yeah, I mean, first and foremost, thank you for sharing all that. I think it's very insightful and I hope that our listeners who identify with some of those ADHD traits will feel reassured that, um, yeah. you know, these are, these are good traits, you know, given the right situation, the right timeframe of the business or the right position that they're in, in their business. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to go ahead and talk to you directly now as an entrepreneur, John. So, you know, you had signed a deal to buy a former competitor and, mm-hmm. you know, today you have a small company. Um, and you also have other deals and acquisitions. Um, so tell us, yeah, you know, give us a snapshot of your entrepreneurial life today and, and how you manage your, uh, ADHD traits.
2: Yeah, sure. So yeah, I, um, you know, I'm a speech language pathologist by training. I started mm-hmm. a small company, grew it, sold it, bought it back, all that kind of thing. So I left the company I was with two years ago, mm-hmm. actually, yeah, it's just over two years ago and I had a two year non-compete. So on March 1st, that was up. And then I'd been talking to a former competitor who's in the same industry, same space. She was at the end of her entrepreneurial life, life cycle, looking mm-hmm. to take the exit ramp, spend time with grandkids. And it was just a perfect opportunity for me to get back into an industry that I know really well. Mm. So it's a much smaller company than what I had before, uh, but it gives me a nice shell to kind of you know take and grow and do really fun things with it. So, the way I manage my ADHD, because it does, you know, all the things that I described earlier about, you know, being pretty good at initiation, but not follow through and good at improvisation, but not really good orchestrated coordination. That that describes me really well, right? Mm -hmm. So one of the things I do is I do rely on a number two pretty significantly. And I'm lucky that with this new company, I've got somebody who's really solid. And, Mm. you know, we had that conversation about you know, this is me is how I operate. I shared my disc and my MBTI and told her about my ADHD and let her watch my TED talk. And so she, she gets me, right. Which Mm. is super helpful. And she knows she has permission to just kind of put a hand up and say, Hey, what, (laughs) you know, what are we talking about here? Right. So that's one thing. Yeah. The thing that I do, and, and these are things that I work with my own coaching clients on is just, just managing myself. So I know like everybody, you need a solid night of sleep, right? But more importantly, I put my phone in airplane mode. Don't look at it for the first thirty minutes after I wake up because I need to get up and kind of plan my day yeah. before I get all those inputs, right? Because if I get inputs now, I'm re- reacting to everything that came in overnight, not purposefully, intentionally planning what I think I need to do that day, right? Yeah, so that's a really important thing as well. And then another way I manage is it, you know, it's just um, through my activity. So I try not to to engage in work activity that I'm not good at and I don't like i really good at delegating because if I have to do things I don't like, I just get stuck and then life kind of stinks and I don't get the good stuff done. Yeah. The other thing in terms of activity is I, I need a movement practice every day. I have to exercise. Otherwise I, I feel it. Um, and I've added a mindfulness practice over the past, uh, actually it's been almost a year now mm-hmm. and that's been super helpful. And there's a lot of research to support mindfulness as a really good way to manage ADHD and, If you think about it, you focus on your breath, right? Mm -hmm. And in that way, you kind of pay attention to the way you pay attention, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's just a really good way to manage it. So those are just some things that I do.
1: Yeah, there's three main things I heard from what you were saying, John. The first part is communicating. You know, just Mm -hmm. being able to communicate with other people, like, hey, this is who I am. These are my tendencies. Uh, You can call me out. You know, like you can call me out if if I'm if I'm being a little off today. You know, so that was a big main thing I heard, which I think is really important. It's it's really having that good understanding of self, which it sounds like you've been able to really hone in on because of even what you do as a professor and or yeah, what you do as a professor um, as well. And the second thing you mentioned is self management. You know, just being able to set those healthy boundaries with your phone. Uh, I had recently learned, um, in these past couple of weeks to just turn off my phone when I don't need it. Like mm-hmm. I realized it was like causing me so much anxiety to just be like, Oh, what notifications do I have right now? And I realized I was like, I don't need to look at those notifications. If I know what my calendar looks like for today, you know, like it just, it just really caused me the, all this anxiety. So I really like the whole self-management you mentioned, like even that first 30 minutes of the day to just put your phone on airplane mode and really just, you know, pay pay attention to your agenda and what you have going on for the day. And then the third thing I heard was just the delegating aspect, like knowing what your strengths are, but also acknowledging like what needs to be done and knowing when to delegate it, because that is very important. And, you know, it's also good for the team to feel like they're doing their part as well. Um, And they can kind of pick up the slack where maybe you, you cannot, you know, you can focus on your strengths. So um, those are the three main things that I heard uh, from what you shared
2: today. Yeah, that, that, really good. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm just trying to show you I'm a good student.
2: <laughs> um,
1: yeah, and I think something that's unique about uh, your business, John, is that you're a, you're a clinical business. You, um, you know, you help early childhood ther or you help offer uh, early childhood therapy and special education, um, you know, for uh, kids from birth to five years old. Uh, tell us a little briefly about that.
2: Yeah, sure. So the company is called Connections Family Centered Therapies in Syracuse, mm-hmm. New York. And, you know, if, if you imagine you know, you're a parent of a newborn baby and, you know, maybe the doctor says, hey, I think there's there's something we got to look at or we're concerned about this or that, it's it could be a pretty stressful thing, right? Mm-hmm. So what we do is we're often the, the first people in there to do an evaluation um, and say, yeah, you know, maybe, you know, we think your, your kid may have autism or, mm-hmm. you know, here's what's going on. So oftentimes we're the first ones to sort of share that news. Mm-hmm. Um, but... On the positive side, we're, we're also the ones that get to work with the child and the family six to 12 months at a time sometimes, um, help the parents understand how to help the child, right? Because mm-hmm. we may only be there a couple hours a week. Um, and the parent's going to be there kind of executing on the plan and helping the kid meet their goals. So it's it's hard work, but it's super rewarding. And everybody, yeah, they're, they're there because they... I mean, who doesn't love babies? And these are our most vulnerable babies with various Mm -hmm. uh, disabilities. And it's just super rewarding to help them achieve their maximum potential.
1: Yeah, I love that. That's incredible, John. And that sounds like some good work that you're some good work that's very fulfilling that you're doing. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Well, John, as we uh, wrap up here, I want to make sure I covered all my bases. Is there anything else uh, you want people to know about the Torrens Group or even just the, you know, the area area that you study, um, your academic area of interest, which is the link between ADHD and entrepreneurship?
2: Yeah. So I just published a book. Uh, It's on Amazon now. It's called Lightning in a Bottle, How Mm -hmm. Entrepreneurs with ADHD Can, or How Entrepreneurs Harness Their ADHD to Win. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's, it was based on some of the research. It was kind of an extension of the TEDx talk, and um, it sort of breaks down some of the strategies I've learned you know, working with clients with ADHD over the past couple of years. Um, so yeah, that, that's been doing really well, and people are sending me really you know, fun comments <laughs> and feedback about that.
1: Yeah, I love that. So repeat that one more time. You said Lightning in a Bottle, and what was the subtitle?
2: Yeah, it's Lightning in a Bottle, How Entrepreneurs Can Harness Their ADHD to Win.
1: I love that. Awesome. Well, uh, that must have been uh, really fun to put together. How did you decide the title uh, lightning in a bottle?
2: Well, you know, so I'm I'm, I'm visual in a lot of ways, right? So I was just imagining like, you know, just all the activity, the neural electrical Mm. activity that goes on inside my brain when I'm thinking of things and just the people I work with, it it seems, it almost seems like there's lightning going off on their head in their head, but it escapes. Right. Mm. So I thought if you could just capture that, which is kind of the goal of what we're doing, capture that and harness it, then, you know, imagine what can be uh, achieved. So that, that was the idea.
1: Yeah. That sounds like a really exciting book. Uh, I appreciate you for sharing that John. Um, yeah. awesome. Well, uh, as I mentioned, as we start to wrap up here, I, uh, want to make sure there's one more point uh, you've already touched upon this, but let me know if you want to elaborate on this. Uh, you're, you like to stress the importance of, you know, being able to surround yourself with good people, especially mm-hmm. if you're a leader, do you want to elaborate more on that?
2: Sure. I mean, you know, I. I, I like it when I'm not the smartest one in the room, right? I, I like when other people are really good at things and they're passionate and competent. It was interesting to me you know, I just assumed that, you know, people would like the same things I liked and they mm. would not like the same things I didn't like. So it wasn't until I realized that, you know, oh, okay, I, I hate putting together PowerPoints or slides, mm. hate it, um, but there's people who love it. And what better thing to do than to give it to somebody who loves it. Right. Right. The same with accounting. Oh, my, I can't I can't deal with that. But there are people who love that. So give it to them and let them do it and love it. So I can do the things that I love, you know.
1: Yeah. That very much reminds me of a paper that I was working on with some friends, uh, an academic paper. And, you know, I've been an entrepreneur for 10 years. I haven't been in college for 10 years, but one of my friends encouraged me to put together a paper and uh, she loved loved being able to do the citations and, you know, really formalizing Mm it. One of my friends loved writing it out and I loved providing the information. (laughs) (laughs) And at first I felt guilty. I was like, oh, like, should I write it too? But my friends were very fulfilled in the areas that they were focused on. And, you know, it's really just giving people that opportunity to be their best selves and so that you can give yourself that opportunity. So I really like that, you know, a uh, closing piece of advice to share with our listeners of the importance of surrounding yourself with good people, because they will appreciate it when you allow them to, uh, you know, focus on their strengths as well as your own.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Well, John, I have really enjoyed our conversation today. Uh, I want to thank you again so much for joining us on the thoughtful entrepreneur. And, uh, I know that our listeners will enjoy this conversation as well. So thanks again.
2: Thank you, Jen. You're welcome.
1: Yeah. And again, to our listeners, this is John Torrance, who is the managing member of the Torrance Group, as well as professor of entrepreneurship in Syracuse University. You can learn more about him and his company at thetorrensgroup.com. And also remember to check out that book, Lightning in a Bottle, How Entrepreneurs Can Harness Their ADHD to Win. Thank you all so much for joining us. And we'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time.